Hey everyone, it's Josh. Before we get started, we actually recorded this episode about a week ago. And so the and so the meetings that we talk about inside the podcast are actually now canceled or postponed. So just so you're aware, we do talk about upcoming meetings that they are not going to be happening. You could check out the Tesla Owners Club Ontario website or Facebook group, and I'm sure they're going to update you there on when things are happening or what's going on. Stay safe, stay inside, don't cough on people. Welcome to the Tesla Owners Club Ontario podcast. My name is Josh. And I'm John. And we are finally on episode four. Episode four, yeah, you're counting, it wasn't too bad this I got time. It, I got it right. So today we're going to do a little bit shorter than normal episode. We're trying to cram on in because I'm getting ready to go to New Zealand. Pretty excited to go down and visit my son. Mm -hmm. And uh, FYI, I think I sound okay, but I've just had some dental surgery and I'm on antibiotics and all kinds of fun stuff. But we've had some uh, a great meeting. We've got some interesting uh, news to share with everybody. So we thought we would uh, do a podcast before I go away and uh, get that all out to you. We wanted to get in here because I wanted to recap what happened on Tuesday, which was an excellent event uh, for Tesla Owners Club that we went to in... Where is it? It's Vaughn. Vaughn. So what we did was uh, we have a, a new location. We, we, we call them chapter meetings. We have a monthly chapter meeting. And we moved from uh, Dave and Buster's to a new place called Riviera Event Space. And it's going to work out really well, Josh. I th- as you saw, it's a great spot. Nice. They normally do Very weddings nice. and bar mitzvahs and parties and stuff. But they've got all different size rooms. They've got some great catering options. You know, AV there, lots of parking. So that was the first time there. And uh, for this particular... Um, meeting, and we had mentioned this, I think, before, we had Steve Hitchinson, who's the manager of charging, uh, basically over the destination charging program and the supercharging program for Tesla in Canada. Yeah. So we had a, one of our bigger turnouts. There was over, uh, I think, 115 plus people there, and it went very well. He's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Not allowed to record, not allowed to take pictures. And at one point, some guy took a picture, and he's like, and everybody's like, no. And they almost like snapped on him. He's like, yeah. Oh. Then, then, then he realized it was just a picture of the charging map. Yeah. It's on the website anyhow. But so, so let's talk about that. Um, maybe in no particular order, but one of the big things that Steve wanted to talk about was the opening of the Trans Canada Highway, the superchargers. So just for clarity, everybody probably knows this, but they've opened up our the supercharger network right across Canada and primarily with V3s. The V3, a new supercharger uh, from Ontario to about Alberta are all V3s. And um, I'm not sure about you, Josh, but I actually learned uh, quite a few things that I wasn't aware of. Yeah, I did too. Um, number one, the uh, most of you have heard that, you know, the 250 kilowatt supercharger uh, has got a really high uh rate of charge that you can get into, especially a Model 3. So the Model 3s will take the two, the full 250 kilowatt. Uh, what I didn't know was the new Raven S and X, the so-called Raven, can take 200 kilowatts, and the older S and X is only 150. Mm-hmm. So the biggest advantage is to the Model 3s and the newer um, uh, S and X. Uh, the other thing that I gained, may not, uh, wasn't aware of, was the charge cable. It's uh, slimmer than normal, and it's uh, cooled. Yeah, it's water cooled. Uh, liquid cooled. Liquid, liquid cooled. So basically, whether it's hot or cold out, it's, it's going to keep it at constant temperature. And the other thing I wasn't aware of, which I was really surprised and think is really good for all of us, is you don't have to worry about sharing. So we've talked many, many times how so many people don't know. They pull into a supercharger. They're in 1A. Someone's in 1B. They don't really pay attention. They drive in. And the person in 1B who's already there is going to get the line share of the charge because somebody else is plugging into 1A. And I've seen people at superchargers, and I bring it up. They go, really? I didn't know that. As much as we talk about it, they didn't know. Very rare. We don't talk about it on here, but that's let's get into that real quick. So I didn't know this. And I've, I've, you go on these Facebook forums, right? And people are like, oh, why am I only getting 250 kilometers charge at this thing? 
No one knows. And so now we're, we're, listen here. This is why. Because in the current V2 charging networks, they are tethered. Two, two stations are tethered to one net, one line. Whoever gets there first gets the line share. That's right. just the rules. Exactly. V3 cancels that. Everybody gets the full blast. Yep. And it's all new tech. And that's something that I didn't know. So it's pretty amazing. And uh, the question was also asked, the urban superchargers. So here in Ontario, um, we have those at Sherway and also downtown at the Eaton Center. And uh, the concept of those was they're only 75 kilowatts, I think, but it's a constant 75. And so there's no tapering, there's no ramp up, there's no uh, sharing so that they, they thought the concept would be that somebody would park, they would look on their app and it would say 40 minutes of charge. That would be a for sure 40 minutes and they could go into the mall, do their thing and not have to worry about it changing if someone pulls in. Mm-hmm. But uh, for various reasons, they're doing away with the uh, urban superchargers. So we're only going to see V3s going forward. Well, you know, I thought it was really cool that he, uh, someone had asked, why are you not teaming up with Canadian Tire and Walmart? And he's like, well, we are. But the issue is that we're at their mercy to, you know, following their plans. And they're studying it and seeing, you can't just have Tesla chargers because that's not fair. He did not ever guarantee anything, which was he's safe. He was safe. Yeah. But he did say, yeah, we're working on that stuff. It's coming down the pipe. He all but said, it's going to happen. We're just at their time limit. So you're going to see eventually soon, all Walmarts, all Canadian Tires are going to have supercharging. Not all, but for the line share, I once they get them in. Let's be careful again, new. Well, this one's saying, I'm going to say, I, it, Sup- it's almost inevitable that that's, those are the two not, most common things in Canada that, that you can yeah, connect those to. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure about that. You know, one of the things we said to everybody at the meeting was, you've got to be careful. There's certain questions that he just can't answer. And he even said it right off the bat. He didn't wait for anybody to ask. He said, don't ask me when a supercharger is going to be open mm-hmm. or where the next supercharger is going to be. What he did say was that the map on the Tesla website has been updated this year. So the current ones that are open, I think, are red. And the ones that are in gray are the planned mm-hmm. uh, superchargers. Confirmed and some of them have been taken off. And that's what they're going to really attempt to get uh, ready this year. And he also said that don't assume that you know, if they say it's going to be in Mississauga, it automatically puts it in the Google map spot of central Mississauga or yeah. whatever that Google call it or, you know, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. That does not necessarily mean the exact space it's going to be. We also talked about uh, some interesting things. Uh, for example, uh, Batchawana Bay is uh, northern Ontario and everybody's wondering what the heck's going on with that. There's actually not going to be a supercharger there. And something that we found interesting, there's only phase one power in the area. And I'm not going to profess to be an expert in, in elect, all things electrical, but they need at least phase two and they cannot get it. So they're going to have numerous HPWCs that'll be designated Tesla only, you know, not for parking for anyone other than Tesla. And uh, that's going to happen. And they're going to have signs on superchargers on either side of that, like, you know, in, in Ontario, going to or from that will say um, no supercharger at Batchwana Bay charged to 100%, that kind of thing. The other question that came up and we knew it was going to come up is what's going on with Kingston? So Kingston okay, is... Well, stop there because uh, I didn't. I don't know the issue. I, I've heard inklings and, and, and whispers of Kingston. What the hell is the issue with Kingston? It's always full. Oh, okay. It's a really, really busy supercharger. There's only eight stalls. And he said right off the bat... Uh, it's going to is one of their main priorities is to get uh, expansion in Kingston. So whether that's expanding the, the uh, current location or whether it's at another location nearby, I don't know. I mean, look at Barry. Uh, Barry had eight stalls for the longest time. All of a sudden, a twenty stall popped up about five kilometers away or something. So um, it's he said number two in the priority. I think there's a place I forgot where it is somewhere in BC that's a high priority. So mm-hmm. they're well aware of it. But the other thing he shared with us is there's so many things beyond their control. People go, why is this thing been? If you look, there's a um, a map out there, I'm not sure if you wear this, Josh, called supercharge.info. Yep. It's a third party that keeps the uh, map up to date and puts pins where they're 
there's been a permit issued where it's under construction when it's open, and people will say, you know, look, this thing's been uh, had a permit for a year, or it's been under construction for three months. What's going on? Many of those things are beyond their control. Yep. Uh, it's landlord issues, it's permitting issues, it's getting enough power, uh, that kind of thing. Well, he had so. a story for one. He said, look, we went in a building, everything was good to go. All of a sudden, they discovered a lien on the building due to like on debt the property, issues. Yeah, and, they couldn't, and it was like at the last minute when they were ready yeah. to con- go to construction. So they, this is why they don't ever promise or say anything because these last minute issues, he's like, if you would have asked me the day before, we were 100% go on that. And then the day after, this happened. So that's why they're like this. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons is, you know, they're, even though this isn't, isn't always what Tesla does, but the whole concept is let's under promise and over deliver. Yeah. So there's lots of superchargers that popped up that we didn't even know they were going to be there, you mm-hmm. know? So I, I think that's the case. And, um, but I will say one thing that he stressed, and I was well aware of this, is the, the amount of, I think he said there's only seven people on the supercharger team in Canada. Of course, <laughs> there's contractors that use and whatnot. But the amount of time and energy that they put in getting this uh, V3 version of the uh, cross Canada network open it was unbelievable. He said these guys worked sometimes two and three months nonstop with hardly any days off, 14, 16, 18 hour days away from their families. Um, and it really took a lot to, to pull that off. So kudos uh, from yeah, us, thank Tesla you. Owners Club Ontario, to uh, Steve Hitchinson and his team. Uh, and they are hiring, listening. by the way. They are hiring. Yeah, they're they, looking for more. They're looking for more techs. They're looking for uh, different people in that area. But uh, again, we want to um, thank them very much and uh, uh, you know, kudos to them. And, you know, back to the whole story that we talked about where Tesla is so far ahead of the competition with their supercharger network. Nobody else has got anything coming close. Um, but some of us take it for granted and people are really quick to complain about what's going on and why is it taking so long? And when we forget the amount of money that it costs to put a supercharger in and the amount of money that Tesla probably recuperates a minuscule amount well, here's, of that power was my, from us. That was my biggest aha moment of the night. Okay. I go in there not expecting to, you know, why does it cost me 10 bucks to supercharge? You know what? It might cost me 10 bucks to supercharge, but it might cost Tesla $500 to charge my car. Right. So because of these, uh, what was it called? It was, uh. What was the thing that, that, that charges them a lot of money? Uh, demand. It's demand yeah, it's charges. Demand, demand so charges. basically in the month, if there was a certain time, I think if I get this right, there's a certain time, let's say all of us decided to go on a trip and eight or 10 of us drove out together and we all pulled into some obscure supercharger that hardly anybody goes to, like Owen Sound. Mm-hmm. And we all pulled in and we all plugged in and there'd be this huge spike of power being used. They get their power... Uh, bill, if you will, is based on that demand. It the assumed, highest demand they've ever had. Right. It assumes that that's what's going to be the m- demand for the whole month. So there might have been only two cars charged for the whole month after. There might only be three cars charged after that uh, after that during the month, but they get their rate that they're paying for power is based on that demand, and it's that everywhere. So, so Tesla operates <clears throat> their supercharging network, and I am i can't say this to sure, but at a loss. There's no way oh, they're absolutely. operating it. Yeah, like at, a, absolutely. at a pretty big loss. And too. I brought this up at the meeting. He didn't verify it, but way back in the day, you know, it was sort of the unwritten rule we'd heard that Tesla was putting about $2,500 aside for every S and X that was sold to fund supercharging. But even if you do the math, some of these superchargers, I think the probably smallest ones they put in are 250 grand and some of them have been over a million mm-hmm. for all the, uh, yep. the added costs. Then you add the uh, cost of power. It's it's unbelievable. So if I think knew, we- I think this is one of those corporations where- if you knew this, like, I don't know how like how to say this properly, but a lot of corporations do shady things because they don't want you to see how they make their money. Where in Tesla's actually being pretty quiet about how much they're losing on this probably. And it's for our benefit, to be honest with you, because he thinks in the end, it's going to end up being what maybe 
makes him money. It's it, well, it's the game changer. It's a game changer for Tesla. And and here here we are today, eight years later from when the when the volume car, the S, started to be uh, delivered um, with this phenomenal network. And no one ever thought it would grow like it has. So um, yeah, again, I know I'm repeating myself, but uh, unbelievable um, effort on, on some of the employees and, and the team to to help us uh, get that. I want to talk one more thing. He was saying that's up and coming, and I talked to my son about this the other day. He's like, you know what? There's a Sheets gas station on the, I think he said the East Coast. And this is what's going to start happening. That doesn't even have gas pumps anymore. They just have, I think he said something like 10 or 15 supercharging V3s at the gas station. Because gas stations don't make their money off gas. They make the money off the chocolate bar and the Dorito that you buy. When right. you pull out the coffee, you get the drinks and stuff, the lottery tickets you buy, the cigarettes. Now, if you have a supercharging gas station where a car is parked there for 25 to 40 minutes... He said, he said, didn't he say something like, it used to be $3 a head that walked into a gas station, now it's up to 9 bucks a head? I can't remember the number. I remember that, it, and so it, it surprised sense. me, because he yeah. now, now you're going to see all these gas stations start popping in these, at a cost to the gas station, yeah. to, and they'll charge you for electricity as well, where they're gonna, you're going to see all these little lounge spots pop up for charging in the U.S., at least to begin with, and then it'll definitely migrate to Canada for sure. Absolutely. Let's talk about tips. T-O-C-O-T-O-T-W. Oh, tips of the week. I've got some cool tips. One thing I was going to say, it's not really a tip. It's a, well, I guess it is a tip. I mentioned this at the meeting. It happened to me tonight for the third time. I went to send somebody a text from the Tesla screen and it said, uh, you have to sync in your Bluetooth. And well, I'd already done that. So for whatever reason, I don't know whether it's the latest update, but it automatically turns off the sync and it doesn't text. Now it does warn you, it says you must turn it on, so it's easy to do. So if you're wondering why you can't text, you've just gotta to go to the Bluetooth icon at the top of your screen uh, and click on um, uh, sync messages, and then you'll be all good to go. But it's happened to be three times where it just turned itself off. So Mine's done it happened. once. I'm, I'm wondering yeah. if there's an underlying issue with something else. Are you connecting your phone to a different piece of Bluetooth equipment somewhere else? No. So it might be worth it might be worth restarting your phone too if that keeps yeah. happening. Yeah. There could be another underlying issue. As soon as I click it, click it back on, yeah, it seems it to works. work fine. I got a tip. Okay. All right. So I'm going on a road trip with my kids soon. I was going to go on a cruise and that completely, obviously we're not doing that because of the Corona, you know, Corona death virus. <laughs> so we're not going to go on a cruise, but I said, okay, I'm going to take the kids on, I'm going to go down the East coast on the supercharging network and go down to like, I don't know, North Carolina and go check out, um, what's it called? Great Wolf Lodge. Super cheap down there. Niagara Falls one's like $900 where this one's like a hundred. So I said, let's do that. Okay. And then, so but my kids... Uh, love their iPads and they're going to, you know, watch TV. They, you know, they're good on road trips because the van that we have has DVD players in the back. The kids, the older kids sit in the way back and they have a DVD player for their own. So we have two, a dual DVD player can play different movies. It's awesome. Yep, yep. And the headphones, whatever, it's all programmable. And so we travel well because the kids get to enjoy their shows and play their games. So there was no way of buying, uh, you know, those, those back rests that hold your iPads, right? Because we don't have the, you can't lift up your headrests For the, your model three, your your model three. Yeah. You know, you you can buy them on Amazon. They're 10 bucks, but that doesn't have bars you can connect it to, right? Generally there is though. So if you pull down the top of your seat, right under where your headrest is, there's a little clip, a little metal clip. And if you pull it to the left, it'll unclip, but you have to hold that clip while you pull the next one down and unclip it, then your whole headrest will come up. Okay. But be careful, because when you do pull your whole headrest up, the back panel, plastic panel, will fall off, because that's what's holding your back plastic panel in. On the seat, you mean? Yeah, so you just pull the thing up a little bit, connect your adapter in there, and, and then clip it right back down, and you're good to go. 
that's how you do it. So there is a way to increase your head your headrest height temporarily. In your case, to put this sling put in, in or whatever yep. it's called to hold your and iPad, then, and then that'll Perfect. hold the iPad for the kids. So and that's my kid, tip for road trips. And the kids aren't saying, "Are we there yet? Oh Are we gosh. there yet?" Yeah, they yeah. travel well, but they love. <laughs> it's easier when you have t- tablets. Everybody knows that. So I don't have another uh, real hard and fast tip, um, but one thing that. You know, I keep on, I, it's it's unbelievable to us have been around the Tesla world for a long time, how we could keep at, being asked the same questions over and over and over. And I keep on seeing, should I charge my car every day or should I charge my car to 89% all the time? I think I might've said this in the first podcast, but why wouldn't you? Why would you let it go down to 30 or 40% and then wait until you charge it again? It really doesn't cost you any more money. People might think it degrades the battery faster. It, it doesn't. It, the only thing, it, we have some evidence that if you charge it all the time to 100% and then always let it get down really, really low and then charge it back up, that is a concern. Mm-hmm. But Tesla's basically said 80, I always do 90% is the optimum. Just plug it in every night. You're never going to get caught with a problem where you need to go somewhere at the last minute or somewhere at the last minute, sorry, and uh, just get in that habit. So, you know, don't worry about, I'm going to wait until I need to ch- need to charge it up. Just charge it up every night. Yeah. So if you set up for scheduled departure, they'll be careful because scheduled departure will charge your car, start charging it at a point of when it needs to before you leave. So right. basically, if you have it set on that, it will not charge when you plug it in until it knows you're leaving. So I leave at 7 a.m. It will not start charging till like 11 p.m. Right. So I took that off. And then I'll just turn it on in the morning to get it. Because you, I, I love it when you get in my car. Regen is more important. Regen is important, right? So the reason why you're starting your car will be 10, 15 minutes before you leave, especially when it's plugged in, it's not going to burn more energy. Well, a little bit from your, from it will, your house, but, but not very exactly, much. Exactly, but you'll leave at the same, uh, right. at 90%, which I do every day. Right. So, But your regen is 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 pumped up you want your regen because it gives you more energy so if you leave with your with con- conditioned you get more regen that's why you yeah do that. the cabin's warm the battery's warm you got more regen it'll tell me how long you leave it i've noticed if, if it's 45 minutes i might have full regen in my ex but and we, let's face it we get spoiled we're used to the regen when you if you ever uh go to 100 percent and you pull out you go what the heck's going on why is my car not slowing down oh geez i forgot i don't have any regen because it's 100 percent. so well, here's another tip and we talk about this and we said this in the last podcast but i don't think everybody knows this one pedal driving I thought when I was listening to Jaff, he's like, you know, you get used to one pedal. A lot of people don't know what it is. I sat at a table with a couple of really great people at the, at the Tuesday meeting. They're a little older and a little wiser than me, and they were really nice. And they asked me questions because I would say, hey, you heard of this? What's one pedal? What's this? Well, what's this? And I told them the little tips, and they didn't know. Yeah. One pedal driving is this. You're driving, with full re- hopefully with full regen because that helps. And you just literally, you get used to driving um, when you're coming up to a stop sign or behind another vehicle. You get used to pulling time off. It. Yeah, you time it off so that the car will pull up and stop. It'll stop, it'll stop anyway. Um, and it'll it'll hold. And it's fairly recent where it'll actually hold on its own. It yep. wouldn't do that at the t- uh, up until I think one or two um, updates ago. Yeah, so, so as soon as it stops, yeah. it holds. Yep. And you get really used to it. You don't have to touch your brake anymore. Yep. Well, you do, but it, it's really, really cool. So that's one pedal driving. If you don't know it, look, there's a million videos on how to do it. It's really cool. Here's, a, here's an Easter egg for the week. Okay. I love Easter eggs. And I just discovered I tried it yesterday morning. When you're done charging and when you go in the morning, press your button on your charging cable 10 times and then get back to me, see what happens. Oh, I know. It does something on the it's charge rainbow. light. It's, the charge light turns rainbow. Yeah, it, yeah. It doesn't, it's yeah. just cool. I these thought are, that was just are, cool. There's all, there's all kinds of things it'll do that. Elon. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, just to really quickly go back to charging. Apparently, the destination charging program with Tesla is over. What that means is uh, for the last number of years, they had a program that somebody could apply to Tesla to put some HPWCs in at their place of business, um, ideally a place that's heavily traveled, a restaurant, a uh, restaurant. A uh, place of business, uh, you know, a store, that kind of thing. And you know, there's nothing was cut and dry. But in many cases, they would donate the equipment and 
also an amount of money uh, towards the installation. And towards the um, last, uh, before they wound down the program, they started to put J1772s in. So there's no cut and dry rule, but if they were, let's say for fun, putting in H, uh, eight HPWCs, they might put one, one or two uh, J1772s as well. And the J1772 was married to the HPWC, so it looked like an HPWC, but it had the J1772 in the end. So that's wound down, and you know people may be upset about that, but again, let's think about it. There is literally... I believe thousands of Tesla HPWCs all over Canada, all over the world that Tesla contributed most of the cost for, you know, for free in essence, again, to help us. And I think there's a place, I can't remember the address, but he mentioned it, uh, Steve, um, on Tuesday, there's somewhere in Toronto that has something like 40 HPWCs and eight J1772s. And Tesla did that themselves. Yeah. So well, we just get so you spoiled. You have four here, don't you? I have four at my Are office. Are you here. on the map? No. So you wouldn't let someone just a Tesla pull in and I charge? would if they wanted to, but I just decided it's a small place of business. It's basically a house they use for a place of business. And uh, um, there's a there's a public charger just just slightly south of us here with a oh, with a Chatham. No, just south of us here at, the, at a little a little plaza. Oh, cool. And, well, uh, here's the thing: if you if you own a business and you have if it's a trafficked business, yeah. You know, it, what's a thousand bucks or two, let's say two thousand bucks to buy it and get it installed? It's just going to bring people well, to you. Well, exactly. The concept of with the destination charging program is it's somewhere where you would stop for one, two, three hours for a meal or a, take a tour or something, mm-hmm. and you can use a charge. It's like you here. You're, you're here for an hour or two with me. It's a destination charge, yep. right? Yep. There's no sense in plugging in for 10 or 15 minutes unless it's an emergency and you don't need a supercharge. So that was the whole concept. So I th- wanted to throw that in. Yep. And what else the J1772s are not for sale to the public, by the way. So the, if you're the looking for The one with them, the HPWC yeah, uh, do not exist. Sil- you know, stainless steel head. Yeah. Does not exist. What else we got, my friend? Oh, man. Um, yes, let's oh. talk about what? What? I want to talk about the coronavirus and uh, surviving a zombie apocalypse oh, inside of a we'll Tesla. Oh, we'll come back to that before right, we okay, okay. Uh, before the, sh- the show's over. All right. We want to talk about what's happening in the ne- over the next little while. Okay. So I know that a lot of people listening to this are actually part of their club, but we also hope that people uh, listening aren't part of the club. However, they find us through you know Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Your podcast so, platform. Yep. Somebody passes it on to them or whatever. But what we're going to do is we have uh, the concept that has not been nailed down, but we're going to do an Earth Day event. Earth Day is April 22nd. And I don't know if anybody knows this, but it's the 50th anniversary of Earth Day in the US and the 30th anniversary in Canada. And we're hoping to do something. We've got a few ideas. I can't really tell you because it might not exactly happen, but where we're going to do it and what we're going to do. But that uh, weekend after the 22nd, we're hoping to do an event. One thing we have locked down is um, our chapter meeting in April is going to have, that's uh, Wednesday, April 8th. We're going to have the guest speakers are going to be Trevor Page and Ian Pavelko, who are doing a cross-country um, trip in a Model 3. And I know it's been tried before just a few months ago, and the guys weren't able to make it because of weather and whatnot. But what they're doing uniquely is they're really not stopping, except for bathroom and meals. They're not staying overnight. They're driving nonstop. They're sharing the drive. I think as we speak, it's now Friday evening. They're somewhere in northern Ontario. Oh, they've already and, gone. Oh, yeah. They're they're more than Jeez. two-thirds of the way through, and they're going all the way to Halifax. So uh, Trevor's part of the club. Uh, Ian uh, works for Fast Wheels. They're, they make some really cool wheels for uh, Tessa. So uh, they're going to be uh, guest speakers at our next meeting, as I said. Just get them on the podcast. And we, well, we will at some point. And they're going to... Um, Trevor actually is Model 3 owners, so he's got a lot on his plate. But uh, they're going to be... Uh, talking to us at our meeting, and we'll probably get Ian to talk a little bit about their cool wheels. That'd be cool to get them back. The other thing we have is in, uh, so that's April. In May, we're going to have, there's a guy named Gally, and he has a uh, YouTube channel called Hyperchange. And uh, he was 
you know, quite an avid uh, tech speaker, if you will. And he was at um, the conference, the Fully Charged Live, down in, in Texas a couple months ago. And some of our uh, members heard him speak down there. So we're going to really publicize that. I think it'll be very interesting. He's going to talk about how, you know, the, the advantage that Tesla has and what's going on. And I think that that'll be really interesting. So he's, we're actually bringing him up from New York for that. And then in June, our regular meeting, I'm not sure what's going to happen yet, but we're going to have, uh, we've already committed, we've got the space and everything, a winery event. Mm -hmm. So this would be our second winery event. We did the Rife Winery in Niagara Lake two years ago. It went very well when we were a lot smaller. And this is going to be at the Chateau de Charme Winery in Niagara Lake. And there's room for just under 200 people. Uh, the details will be going out shortly, but put that in your calendar, uh, June 14th. Uh, it's a Saturday, sorry, it's a Sunday. And uh, there's going to be a meal and uh, lots of socializing and a wine tour and a bottle of wine for everybody and all kinds of fun stuff. I'm going so, to have a uh, set up the Tesla podcast booth there so you can come uh, over and talk to me. There you go. Absolutely. So those are some of the things we've got going coming up and we're pretty excited about that. And I just want to elaborate again, you know, we are a club that we charge dues, we have sponsors, but these things... This, this money coming in, if you will, helps us fund all this. It funds the podcast. It, we subvent, if you will, uh, the cost of these chapter meetings. So the chapter meetings might be $20 a head, and it was really great food. Wouldn't you agree at our last I meeting? I it. great. Uh, but it cost us over 25 bucks. So we subvent that to the tune of $5 a head. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our, our sponsors are going to help towards the winery event and, and the uh, Earth Day event and uh, that type of thing. So the money that comes from the uh, members and the sponsors helps fund all these things. And don't forget the sponsors are, they're not just given the club money they're actually actually offering discounts to a lot of to a lot of the services to absolutely. our members right absolutely and you know if you know of any sponsors that you would think uh, would make sense we've got a new one that just come on board I'm, I'm waiting to get the actual check in hand before we announce that but uh, it's pretty exciting they see value the people that are coming back to us the second and third year in a row uh, because they see value as we continue to grow and well, tesla owners are targetable by certain demographic things like I'm not like, you know, watches or like, you know, some guys might want to, you know, didn't you have, didn't you say the sponsor's coming on that does something well, weird? We have a jewelry company jewelry. that's sustainable jewelry. So their it's jewelry cool. is, is mined and made in a sustainable manner. So they thought well, that would make sense to pair with us. So, um, lots of cool things happening in the near future. Good. I like um, the meetings. I have a lot of fun. You know what I like about the meetings is that people are getting together. We're all Tesla lovers and we're all talking. It's just, I don't know. It's, I, I'm probably one of the youngest guys in the room. Um, but I, well, you know yeah, what I love about it? It's but, just people are really, really, they just love, to, they love talking to But that other. demographic's really cool. changing. You know, yeah. Josh was cutting me up today saying that a lot of people in their 60s, which I am, by the way, uh, but uh, the demographics is changing. With Model 3, uh, we're seeing a lot more younger people. Yep. We're seeing a lot more female. I think you noticed great, that. We're seeing a lot great. more couples coming out together. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. So if you don't know much about us, uh, check out the website, ontario.tessaownersclub.ca. I got it because I'm not hungry. <laughs> and one other thing I forgot to mention is um, we still have in our budget, uh, many of you may know that we put a... Uh, trash bin in at the supercharger uh, in Grimsby and we've put in our budget to put eight more uh, locations uh, we'll have trash bins and we're trying to narrow that down to places that they're um most in need because they don't have a bin right now Cambridge. Cambridge perhaps but I would mention this to anybody out there if there's a good location that you think needs a bin because you see lots of garbage being dropped or it's busy or or whatever let us know and we're going to narrow it down and work with Tesla and uh, try to get that accomplished All right, I want to get into this topic oh, that's, that's hitting the world by storm. Jeez. Everybody's talking about COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever else you want to call it. And I had a thought today. I'm thinking, how to survive a zombie apocalypse in a Tesla? Here's, here's my reasoning. 
You get the wrong Tesla, buddy. You're not going to. You're not going to survive. Uh, you don't have. You don't have uh, biohazard mode. Which is is it like a, is it an Easter egg or is it actually no no? It's real. It's a big, massive HEPA filter. You can't see this because yep. I'm gesturing with my hands. <laughs> it looks to be about three feet long and, and 18 inches high. It's a massive filter that apparently uh, filters out 99.9% of the germs in the pathogens out there. How the hell did it get it replaced? You have to, they, they pull the whole front out and you have to replace that? it. I have no idea. A but lot. I will say that when they, you should look this up after the meeting, after our podcast, Josh, when they demonstrated it, they uh, took all kinds of horrible fumes and all kinds of stuff. They put a Model X with a big uh, bubble around it and put all these this horrible uh, air around it. Yeah. And it took like a minute and it totally cleaned it up. And it even starts cleaning the air around the car. So wow. in China and some of these places where just horrible, horrible pollution... Uh, the, That's incredible. So the newer S and X have the HEPA filter, will which it is the biohazard. Filter out the cab air. Yeah. So if I fart and it's really bad, will it make it nice? I've tested that. <laughs> it works. Ask some this of my a, buddies. Ask my son. Um, okay. So the, the reason I say that is because in, in a in a zombie apocalypse that actually could happen. Um, so you're saying that zombies are going to come just because of the coronavirus? No, I'm just saying. It, I'm just. It, it's made me think about because I, I'm. I would consider myself a. How do I say that? I'm not a prepper, but I like am interested in reviewing and seeing how these people prep for the apocalypse. There are people in the world, right, who prep. They yeah. are called preppers. Yeah. If you and if you watch all these shows and the zombies are attracted to noise, first of all, a Tesla would be a winner because obviously <laughs> it's quiet, right? Yeah. The only problem is in it, and here's another reason it would work, sort of, if you think about this for a second. Solar and wind in a in a post-apocalyptic world are easier to set up than refineries to re to start using gas and fuel and diesel, right? Yep. So if a Tesla survives um it, without an EMP and it's just normal world, Teslas would actually last a lot longer in the post-apocalyptic world if you could on your team have an engineer that knows how to use wind and solar and then charge from there. And then you could travel with it and the challenge silently. is batteries, I think. Remember, we talked about this before the podcast is to, you know, even if you had your cottage up north and you want to have solar and wind to be able to charge your car, you got to have a massive battery array to hold that uh, power bef- and, and to be available for your car. But, uh, you know. But, um, if you, but if there ever was a zombie apocalypse, make your way down to the battery What's it called in Nevada? Is that where they make the batteries? In Nevada? Gigafactory, Nevada. The, so yeah. just just live around the Gigafactory. <laughs> oh, it gets uh, to Elon's going to survive because well, he's also, a billionaire. He's going to have is, safe rooms. And stuff. I'll let you. You know, there might be room for you plus my family to come in my Model X. We we <laughs> we got camp mode now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, you can have uh, power and air and, and heat and all that without having to uh, have everything else uh, work in your car. We put on the biohazard and uh, we can survive in there for a while. The Cybertruck would also, if it has all the same features like biohazard and all that, I'm sure. Stuff, it would be the best yeah. because you know you don't care if you scuff it up with the zombie brains and blood and all that stuff right and you can just like <laughs> put it's just it's it's nice i'm just we saying we may have lost tesla, some people now it's like tesla is the zombie apocalypse we may have lost some people it's like i want you people to email me okay info at teslaownersclub.ca how many people listen to josh's three or four minute gong rendition at the end of the podcast i'm just saying if i was in a zombie apocalypse i would have the t- i would keep the tesla i would not switch over to something Fuel power. Makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. Have you got anything else? No, I think we're good. You're going to show this 360 picture somewhere? Yeah, we took a- we took we his took exotic 360 camera. studio. And we're in this ghetto uh, furniture blanket studio. That's why we have this awesome sound. This is John Dixon Sounds from the great. Tesla Owners Club Ontario Welcome. podcast. So, uh, um, yeah, I, mean, I just, I think it's, 
it's a quick episode. You're leaving. Be safe. Don't get coronavirus in the airplane. Make sure you're safe so we can yep. come back and keep podcasting. Yep. Uh, so we're probably going to be off for a couple of weeks. We got some. We're going to line up some really great stuff. I've got already great ideas. You do too. We got great ideas, and we're going to try to tie in some of the things we've done uh, are coming up with the, the the club. So you know, if you do an Earth Day thing, we'll try to tie that in. When mm-hmm. we do the winery, we'll tie that in. Um, you know, this galley guy from Hyper uh, Change will uh, all that will tie in. So this can only get bigger and better. Episode number four. Thanks yep. for listening. Be safe. And, uh, on your road trips listen to us next time see you later bye